Hello everyone, welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz, and first I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in, rating, subscribing, and spreading the word so far. Your support really means a lot to me, so keep tuning in because I know that you are going to leave empowered and blessed. You are tuning into episode 8, All the Feels. Now you're probably thinking, what is going on with Ceci's voice today? Well, unfortunately, I'm super, super congested, but the show must go on. So please bear with me today. Anyways, last episode, I announced that I was going to have a special guest with me today, but for this week, it'll just be me. I'll be answering some questions that have come up throughout the season about life in general. I'll then talk about how benevolence came about, and I'll be concluding with something that has been heavy on my heart. So, let's get started. Number one, who has been the biggest influence in your life? Now, I know that everybody says their parents, and it's true. I believe that my parents are one of my biggest influence, biggest influencers, and they have just instilled the love of God in me and you know they have done just so much support and love and all of that and they will forever be my biggest influencers but I feel that one of the biggest biggest influencers in my life have been Anthony my husband like he is definitely someone that I am not he compliments me in all areas of my life and Honestly, like he's so gentle and nurturing, kind, he's patient, he's understanding. He's pretty much everything that I've prayed for and more. And he's just always peaceful and I could be ripping my hair out. I could be having a bad day. Like I feel I will feel like the world's going to end. He's just sitting there peaceful and like He jokes around a lot and he says, you want to be me, don't you? And I always say, no, I don't want to be you. But deep inside, yeah, I do want to be you because he just takes on trials and and tribulations so good. So, like, chill, laid back, like nothing really bothers him. And, like, that's just someone that, that's something that I'm not at all. So I feel that he, I've learned so much from him. And every season of life that we go through, I I just learn more and more about myself. I learn about him. And he's just one of the biggest blessings that I've had. And he's one of the biggest influencers in my life. So I love you, babe. Thank you for everything you've done for me. For always supporting me and pushing me to be the best that I can be. So I love you. So that was number one. Cool. Cool. Let's move on to number two. What's your favorite place in the entire world so far? So, if you didn't know this about me, I've never traveled outside the country. I don't have a passport. I've never been to Europe or anything like that. But I have been to Puerto Rico. Um, It's been a while. But one of the places that I've been to that is also part of the United States, but I've also traveled outside of the mainland, is Hawaii. Um, We were able to go to Hawaii for a honeymoon, and honestly, I fell in love with Hawaii. I fell so 
much in love with it. I always tell my husband that I, my heart is over there. And in the future, if I could move anywhere, I would definitely move there. Because it's still part of the United States, but it's also a tropical paradise. Um, you know, because I would always be... I, I feel like I would always be too scared to live in another country. So Hawaii is still part of the United States, but it's so tropical and oh, it's just breathtaking. And we were actually able to go about a year ago. Not this past summer that just passed, but the year, the summer before, we were actually able to go and take my parents in Victoria. And that was our second time. And we're, um, we're planning and we're saving because this upcoming summer in 2019, we're going to go again. And we're actually going to go, we're going to be a larger group. It's going to be a group of nine. Um, we're taking my other half of the family and... We're just so excited. We're just so excited to show everybody what we fell in love with. When we took my parents, they fell in love with it as well. So um, they hopped on board and they're coming They're coming again. This will be their second time. This will be our third. And I just truly, truly love Hawaii. I love everything about it. Yeah, it could be pricey. Everything is a little bit more expensive um, to live there. But it truly is paradise. And I've truly fallen in love with that place. I truly have. And I've always had a little bit of Hawaiian in me or Samoan or however you want to call it. Because I remember my, my sweet 15 was a luau. My 21st birthday was a luau. And I've just always loved the Hawaiian culture. I was just so blessed to always to have gone. To have gone and experienced it with my husband and then my family. And now I'm going to go again with my extended family. So yes. Hawaii is definitely definitely my favorite place in the entire world so far. So, number three. What is your biggest goal in life right now? So, I feel that my biggest goal in life right now is to continue on with benevolence. So, we're in episode eight. We have two more episodes Two more episodes until the end of season one. And my goal is to continue with episode, with season two um, and keep going. Season three, four, five, and just, you know, build a larger community and of listeners and to do more and to bring influencers from the outside to come and join me at the table. So those are goals that I have currently for Benevolence. Um, and my ultimate goal is just... Like I say it every time, every every time I introduce the new episode, is that for each and every one of my listeners to feel empowered and blessed every time they listen to this, um, this episode. And my ultimate goal is also that when you listen to this podcast, not only are you hearing my heart, but you're also um, hearing Jesus through your headphones, you know? Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. It's about Jesus. So that is my biggest goal right now. For benevolence to just continue to bless others. And to just get bigger as each season rolls along. So thank you everybody that has supported me so far. It's been a blessing to hear everybody's feedback. Every time they hear an episode they'll DM me or mess- or message me or text me. And you know... That really means a lot to me, guys. And I just, I 
I thank you so much for all your support and for all the love that you guys have for benevolence. So that is my biggest goal. Awesome. Let's move on to number four. What is your guilty pleasure? Now, we don't have cable anymore. We live stream everything. We stream everything. We watch a lot of Netflix. We just decided the the cable way of life wasn't for us. Like, trust me, I don't miss it. I think if there's anything that I miss is the news. But the news can be depressing. So we've, we've, we've survived without cable, I think, for like a year already. And it's just been great. So during that time when I did have cable, my guilty pleasure was watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Because, yeah, although I, I, there were moments I hated it, but I still loved it. And I would never admit that I would watch it. So that's why I consider that a guilty pleasure. But I really stopped watching it. And Kurt, what I do now is actually, this is not what I do now. This is what I've always loved. But I just never... I have never told anyone this. I think my husband knows and maybe some of my friends. But I love electronic music. And you're probably thinking, what the heck is electronic music? I'm talking about rave music, like with beats, like um, David Guetta, DJ Snake, um, Avicii when he was alive. Uh, you know, that those type of techno music. I love techno music and when I'm alone in the car I put it on and it just makes me feel so happy there's just something about those beats and when the beat drops there's just something and you know and I'm sober because these you know people that actually do drugs and things and this sounds hilarious but people that actually do drugs or are drunk and they listen to this type of music I know that like when the beat drops they go buck wild but I truly truly inside my heart I go buck wild and I'm sober. Like, I don't do none of that mess. But when the beat drops, it makes me feel happy. So, I don't know. I just love electronic music. And I know this is crazy, but one of my bucket lists is to go to like an EDC concert or Coachella or any of those electronic music festivals. That would be like, the ultimate dream for me. Well, not the ultimate dream because there's other dreams that I have. But that would be a huge bucket list to go with people that love the same type of music, though. Because I feel like if I would go with my husband, I told, I told him this the other day. I feel like if I would go with Anthony, he would literally not enjoy it. Like he would literally be standing there. He wouldn't jump with me. He wouldn't feel the music with me because he's an R&B gospel guy. And he just would be, he would stick out like a sore thumb. So I need to go with people that truly love electronic music. So if you're out there and you like this stuff, let me know, man. I want to go. I don't care how old I am. I want to go and I want to like, I love it. I want to feel the music, literally. So, you know, and I don't want to go there to go buck wild or anything. I just like, I would love to experience one of those music festivals. So let me know, people, so I don't feel like I'm alone in this. But yes, that is a guilty pleasure. Electronical music. Techno music. All right, moving on. Number five. Have you figured out your calling in life? And if so, what is it? This one's a good one. I feel that I have figured out what my calling in life is. 
And if you don't know, my calling in life, um, my call, my first, my calling in life has always been worship. It has always been worship since I was a kid. And I do that. I worship with my husband, I worship at church, you know, God gave me a gift, so I'm using it for the glory of God. But I truly feel that my calling is in regards to um, women and girls' ministries. I truly, truly feel that God has always led me to be part of that. And I just, I don't, you know, right now I'm not doing anything in the girls' ministry. I'm not doing anything in the women's ministries in my local church, but I know that that is a huge desire of mine to be part of something in the future. And I pray that an opportunity will come up, you know, that benevolence could probably grow within itself and create something where I can create a ministry, even it doesn't have to be church related, doesn't have to be part of the church. But my prayer is that benevolence through benevolence, I could just be part of something. That's why I'm doing benevolence. Benevolence is like an outlet for me to reach out to women, young girls. But what I try my best to do is just is just to keep it as general as possible so that even men can enjoy it. That's why I include a lot of my husband in there. I talk about topics that are universal topics and, you know, include all genders. So, you know, that's my ultimate goal right now. But my calling in life is women's ministry, girls' ministry, and I just pray that, you know, in the near future, that there will be an opportunity. Um, and I think, I want to just pause real quick and thank um, Pastor Edgar and Pastor Claudia for letting me part of the girls' ministry um, through the district. And it has been such a great year, and they took me under their wing, and they um, just gave me an opportunity to tell my testimony and, you know, just, you know, be used by God. So I just, I just want to say thank you because it's just been such a great year and I just can't wait to see what God has in store for FMD and for the girls ministry. And, you know, I'm always here, um, to help you guys and to support you guys. So, but thank you for taking me under your wing this year and using me, um, like never before. So I love you guys. Thank you. Um, but yes, that is definitely what my calling is. So in Jesus' name, he'll do what he has to do. All right, number six. What's one thing that you cannot live without? And honestly, I'm going to just go straight to it. One thing that I cannot live without is Jesus. I can't do it. I can't do it without him. I could try. But it just it just never ends up good. You know, uh, I can think back of the many times where I tried to rebel and do things on my own. And I cannot do anything without God. There's no way. There's no way. And sometimes I just don't understand how people who know of God and who have experienced him firsthand, how, could they, how they can continue living life and just you know, just completely do a 180 and turn their back on him. I can't. I cannot live without God. He helps me get through my day. You know, 
from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, I am constantly praying and and thanking God for the day and asking him for protection. And I'm like, especially if you didn't know, I, I am a high school, a public school. I'm a high school English teacher. I teach 10th grade. And the things that I hear, the things that I see, I always have to be on guard. I cannot try to even figure it out on my own. The only way that I've survived last year, because this is my second year in the public school system, is is through God. It's that he's the only way, he's the only person, he's the only thing that has got gotten me through. And I have to rely on him completely. If I don't rely on him, I don't have a good day. So that's something that I cannot live without. Is Jesus. He's the only one that fills the voids that I have in my heart. The void of life that, you know, the trials, the tribulations that come my way. He's the only one that can make things better. And although there are moments where things don't turn out the way that I want it to turn out, I just have to rely and have faith that he has everything under control. And if you're out there and you're trying to fill your life with these voids, you know, with these, with these, that you're trying to actually fill these voids, sorry, with different things, you know, and you're trying to find love in the wrong places, or you're trying to find your spouse, or you're trying to fill this void with drugs, with alcohol, with, with people, with people that aren't worth your time, then you need to give Jesus a chance because he's the only one that can fill that void and for you to be satisfied. You know, instead of getting high off marijuana and getting hot, you know, drunk off, you know, alcohol, you need to get high with the Holy Ghost. And it sounds so like religious, but it's true. You need to consume yourself with Jesus. And I promise you that your life is going to get better. So I cannot live without him. And I hope that you cannot live without him as well because he is awesome. So, number 7. What makes you feel most empowered? What makes me feel most empowered is my group of girlfriends. I have a group of 5 girlfriends, 6 about 6 girls that they empower me to move on, to live through life. You know, when, I, when I'm with them, they make me feel so good about myself. No judgments. We talk about life. We talk about Jesus. And those are truly the girls that I want in my life for the rest of my life. They're my, like my life partners, pretty much. And what makes me feel most empowered is when I'm with them. Because we empower each other. We listen to each other. We advise We advise each other. We pray for each other. You know, if one's having a bad day, we text and we're like, I'm having a bad day or I'm sick or I'm having a great day or pray for me, you know. And I know that I can always turn to these girls whenever I need someone. And I said this before in a previous episode that you know, check your friends, man. Check your friends. If you feel like they're not empowering you and they're not lifting you up, then those are definitely people that you don't want to be around. You want to be around people who are lifting you up, empowering you to be the better, the best version of you. And 
if you leave, if you like, when you get home one day and you just left your group of friends, you feel exhausted, you feel like you've had to work hard to fit in or you feel insecure about yourself, then those aren't people that you shouldn't hang out, hang out with. You need to like really analyze your life, analyze the people around you and see if they're edifying your life in any way. So what makes me feel most empowered when I'm with my girlfriends? Obviously, you know, when I'm with my husband, my family, those are other aspects of how I feel empowered. But I know that whenever I'm with my girlfriends, I feel the most empowered. So I love you girls. If you're out there listening to this, which you should be because you're my friends. Um, I'm kidding. Um, I love each and every one of you and you know that I'm here for you. So yeah, moving on. Let's go. Number eight, what's the thing you most want to achieve before you die? Now, this is a hard question because I don't like the term before you die. But what's the thing you most want to achieve? How about we ask that? What's the thing you most want to achieve? You know, I just want to do the will of God. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I honestly, all I want to do is the will of God. Whatever it is that God wants me to do, I just want to have I want to be able to fulfill it, meaning that when I die, now I'm adding the dying part, but when I leave this world, I want to have left a legacy for my children, for my grandchildren and their children, for my generations to come. I want to have left, I want to have left a legacy. I don't know if that's grammatically correct, but I want to leave a legacy behind. You know, I want for the name of Jesus to be known through what I have to, what I have done on this earth so that when I get to heaven I know that I've I I did what God wanted me to do so I think if there's anything that I want to achieve is the will of God and I think that's what's so important to me right now just to make sure that everything that I do is part of God's will so that's the answer for number eight. Two more questions and then we're done with Q&As. Um, what makes you most angry about our country? Here we go. Racism. What makes me most about, what makes me most angry, sorry, about our country is racism. It's still going on to this day and I don't understand. I don't understand it. This is crazy. The things that I hear, the stories that I've read, and I'll I'll give you a perfect example. Two years after Anthony and I um, got married, we went to a diner in the Sarasota area um, during one of our many family vacations over there, and we wound up going to this diner, and let's just say that the entire parking lot was filled with pickup trucks, so you guys know where I'm going with this one. We walk in because we were hungry and we wanted to try something new. We were with my parents. We walked in and it was like immediately all eyes on us. We were the minorities. We stuck out like a sore thumb in that diner. It was uncomfortable and intimidating. And believe it or not, we got sat down and the waitress or the waiter did not show up. She kept walking by us. She didn't ask us for our drinks. She didn't ask us for what we wanted to eat. I was getting livid. And if you know me, like, I get so angry, especially, like, in restaurants when, like, 10 minutes or more passes 
and a a waitress or a waiter doesn't come to attend. Like, that's one of my pet peeves. But anyways, moving on. We weren't helped. Eventually, I had to get up and go to the front and say, yo, no one's come. Please send somebody. We're ready to order. And eventually, somebody came. But it was such bad service. And everybody kept looking at us. And we were just the minorities. We were... We were Puerto Rican people coming into this diner, and it wasn't normal. And then on top of that, like, my husband, he's um, darker skin color, so he, he looks black. And he's not. He's Puerto Rican. So it was just one of the most... It was It was an unbelievable moment. I had never really felt stereotyped or, you know, I never really felt racism like if that's even a feeling until that day and that was a moment that I never want to live again it just didn't feel right and I just don't understand why our country still deals with it I don't you know we're all about equality this is the land of the free home of the brave and you know we're all men are created equal and it's not. It's not true. It's not true. People are still fighting for the rights out here. And it just sucks. So I think if there's anything that makes me angry about this country, and trust me, this country is a, a blessing, you know, and I'm proud to be an American. I know this sounds weird, but yes, I'm proud to be an American. But I just hate racism. Like, it's just not, it's just not cool. So that's my answer for number nine. Now, number 10. Our last and final question of the Q&A session is, what is your love language? Now, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Okay, so how do I say this best? Before... Let's say in the the beginning years of my marriage, it used to be, um, it used to be touch. I don't, I forgot the names of them. I know it was like physical touch and quality time. Those were the two that were like in the highest because I even took the test online. But now, it's acts of service. And gifts. I don't know if that's what it's called. Gifts. But yeah, I've changed. I've changed. Trust me. I love quality time. And I love physical touch. Although my husband will probably argue with you that I don't. But right now I've changed. I've changed. I feel like I have all five in me. But the ones that stick out more are quality. um, Why am I saying quality? Are acts of service. Definitely. Because if, like, let's say the dishes are there, my husband will go take care of that. Oh, that'll mean the world to me. He'll get, like, 100 points. And it's so funny that I'm saying points. But that'll just make my day. If he were to take out the trash without me asking him, oh, that'll make my day. Like, anything that's, like, a servant-type act, that'll just rock my world. (laughs) So that's definitely what my love languages and also gifts. I love shopping. I love to go shopping, especially like for the house. 
I love clothes too, you know, and stuff. And I like love to buy things for Anthony and Victoria. So definitely gifts. I love giving gifts and I love, I love getting gifts. So if there's any love language that I am considered, I guess, it would be definitely acts of service and gifts. Okay, so that concludes our Q&A session for this episode. Um, thank you for those listeners who have sent me these questions. And um, I also included some that I thought were worth discussing. So thank you guys. Now moving on um, with this episode, I wanted to tell you the story behind benevolence. Um, because a lot of people, a lot of my listeners... Um, they don't know how benevolence came about. And I'm sure that we've gone so far into this season that it's time to tell you how this all happened. So here's the story of benevolence. So basically, around two and a half years ago, I felt in my heart that I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something more. I serve in church, but I felt like I needed to do more for the world. I had too much to offer and I just didn't know uh, how to use the gift that God placed in my heart. There was something that God was birthing in me and I just didn't know what the outlet was. Now, during that time, there were a lot of people coming up with blogs and vlogs, which are the videos um, and things like that. And that was great, but I kind of didn't want to do that. But since that was like the trend two years ago, I kind of gathered my girls and I was like, hey, why don't we do a blog together? So we basically um, came up with this idea that every single person in the blog would come up with a different, would be in charge of a different topic. And then they would write their blog and it would be one big old blog with five different people or four different people writing from it or writing on it. So to make a long story short, we kind of started, we did a photo shoot, everything was, we were planning. And then as time went on, our schedule started to get a little bit difficult. Like a lot of people weren't able to show up to, you know, for meetings and things like that. And it was just hard to reconnect again. So it kind of died out. It really did. And Nisha was the one that came up with the name Benevolence. She was just, we were one day in our room. I think she was with us if I'm not mistaken. It was just, yeah, it was me, Beverly, and Nisha. And I was like, we got to find a name for this thing, you know. And Nisha started looking at just Google. And she came across this name, Benevolence. And I think that it just fits so well with what we were doing because during that time, we were feeling some type of way in regards to kindness and certain people and Certain people, especially from leadership, who were just not being kind. And we were we were really feeling some type of way. And we're like, how can you be Christ-like and not be kind to others and make make other people feel so bad? And I went through that. I went through a big... I remember I, I went home and I cried. And I'm not going to get into too much detail, but... It was just some people who were just so unkind and people that you work with, not in work related, but ministry related. And they were just so selfish 
and egotistical, if that's a word. And I remember going home and crying and crying and crying. And I was like, how could they make, how could these people make me feel this way? So at that moment, I was all about kindness. So that's when Nisha came up with the name Benevolence and it just fit. It just fit perfectly. It sounded nice. It looked nice. And it meant kindness. Now, benevolence also means charity, giving to the poor and things like that. But we stuck with the kindness aspect of the definition. So from there, it kind of died out. But I kept the name benevolence in my heart. And two years passed. And then earlier this year... I felt God was like rebirthing something. He was rebirthing a project in me. He wanted, I knew that God wanted me to do more again. Everything that I had felt two years prior, I was feeling it again. But I just didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't want to do a blog. Definitely, that was out of the question. And I didn't want to do a, a vlog because that's just not me. That really isn't me. And then one day I was having dinner with some friends and then one of my friends mentioned a podcast. And to be honest, I didn't think podcasts were in. I didn't think it was in. I used to do podcasts for my youth group many years ago, but I thought that that died down, that it was, that was just, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't a trend. But then I I downloaded the, the podcast app and I started seeing, wow. These people have podcasts. They have hundreds and thousands of of listeners and subscribers. And this is a thing. This is a big deal. Like people actually listen to this stuff. And then I just let it marinate, you know, in my spirit and in my heart. And then finally in June, I looked at my husband. I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this podcast. And I wanted to name it Benevolence because that name was like attached to my heart. And we started. We actually released our first episode on my birthday, July 16. And so far it's been it's been the best eight weeks of you know this year. This year has just been such a blessing, and this has been the best eight weeks because I felt and I feel like I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do for this season. And I want and I pray that benevolence may continue to grow, not only in listeners, but as a ministry. I pray and I declare it and I decree that benevolence grows into its own ministry. And that's that's the dream that I have, you know. So I'm kind of just letting you know my heart. Um, so if you pray out there, you know, kind of put it as a request. A prayer request of mine because I definitely want this to be its own ministry. And I think it's already its own ministry because it's something that was birthed from God. And it's a desire for me to bless others, bless women, bless girls, bless even men. That's why I always try to keep the topics very universal so that everyone can relate to it. So I just pray that God takes this and just catapults it to a greater and higher level and it's all for his glory honestly i don't look at the numbers on a weekly basis my husband will tell me here and there you know and i want to thank real quick i have some listeners from europe that is so cool 
So if you're listening to Benevolence and you're in Europe, and um, I think he specifically said somewhere in Sweden, please find me. Please find me on Instagram at I am Ceci Diaz. And please DM me and tell me a little bit about yourself because I find that so cool. And, you know, I just, that is amazing. So if you're in Europe and you're listening to Benevolence, please, please let me know who you are. Let's connect because I find that so amazing. Um, But Benevolence is simply something that I want to grow. I want it to grow and grow throughout the you know, throughout the seasons, throughout the years, whatever God wants for me. But I definitely know that this is something that God wants me to do at this moment in time. And I just hope that it continues to bless your life and empower you to be the better, the best person that you can be. And, you know, this is all to give God the glory at the end of the day. So that's pretty much how Benevolence came about. And like I've said many times, thank you everyone for your support. So that's pretty much it. Um, Before I conclude um, this episode, I wanted to do a a bit of a reflection. Um, Because in recent news, I was deeply burdened by the passing of a megachurch pastor in California. His passing was due to suicide. He leaves behind his wife and three sons, and he was only 30 years old. On top of that, this pastor battled with depression and anxiety. This news hits home because I have experienced firsthand how depression and anxiety can push you to commit the act. And if you want to hear more on my story, you can tune into episode one. But one thing that burdens me the most is that he was a pastor to a large community, a large congregation. And I think that we forget that pastors and leaders are dealing with this type of mental illness behind closed doors and no one knows about it. You know, if you didn't know this already, I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a PK. And I was raised in church since I was six years old. Um, We started off in Philadelphia. I, I am from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then we transitioned to Miami, Florida for ministry. And then we finally like hit it off in Orlando, Florida. So this is where we are currently. And as you can see, the common pattern that I have lived through is ministry. And I'm not mad about it, but I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of this life called ministry. I remember the first time I heard of someone saying something bad about my dad. And I remember the many people who didn't like him. I remember the times that I would argue with my father, confused about how unchristlike people could be. I couldn't understand why he continued to do ministry. I wanted him to say something, do something. But he would just look at me, calm and merciful, and say, I don't do this for man. I do this for God. He knew what was happening, but he continued to serve week after week, year after year. No one saw the endless nights of work he put in. No one saw the servanthood behind my parents. The family sacrifices that had to be made for ministry. Ministry hurt. 
Ministry cost him, and it cost all of us. My parents have never experienced anxiety and depression firsthand, but it doesn't mean that they don't go through moments of pressure and the overall pain of following God's will. So all of this to say that pastors and families are not exempt from depression and suicide. They still struggle, and as their sheep, we need to pray for them, look after them, check up on them, give them words of encouragement, appreciation, because they need it every day. So, I personally want to thank all of my pastors. Pastor Nino and his family, Pastor Salguero and his family, Pastor Edgar, Pastor Claudia, and the entire pastoral table. And especially to my parents, who have sacrificed so much so that I can love Jesus and serve him for the rest of my life. And please, please don't suffer alone. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicide or depression, please know that you are not alone and that there is help. You can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 8255. You can also plug into a local church or look up your nearest mental health facility where they can help you with screenings and resources. Find someone who you can trust and talk to them. No one should be suffering alone. One of the major lies that attack your mind is that you are the only one going through your struggle. Please remember that that's a lie. There are people around you who love you especially God, who ultimately has a plan and a purpose for your life. Run to him and he can heal you. And I'm here for you too. Please remember the word of God says in Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So thank you all for joining me on Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Please continue to spread the word and subscribe. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Ceci Diaz for more about me and Benevolence. If there is a topic that you would like for me to cover in the future, please do not hesitate to message me on Instagram and Facebook with your request. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode 9. Bye!